Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Human Back in HR podcast. Um, thank you for uh, listening to today's episode. It's going to be a really fun one to listen in on. Um, some topics we'll be uh, bringing up is um, here's the Buzz, uh, Buzz newscast. You know, we're going to talk about different um, interesting articles that we chose in the world of HR, and then also the hot topics to debate. Where we'll be debating. You know, should um, mandates be enforced in the workplace? My name is Tyler Coyle. I'm from Schuylkill Haven, Pennsylvania. I'm currently a senior here at Penn State University studying professional golf management. And right now I'll pass it over to uh, Brett. Hey, Coyle. Thanks for passing it over to me. My name is Brett Wagner. I'm also, like Coyle, in the professional golf management program here at Penn State. And fun fact about me, I'm from a small town in the middle of nowhere, Pennsylvania, that's just below the city of Scranton, which I'm sure most of you listeners know, and the guys next to me here. That's pretty much the home of the office is what I've been hearing. Um, ever since I got to Penn State, uh, all the students are like, oh, you're from Scranton. Is that where the office is? I'm like, no, not where the office is. It's, it's hosted there, basically, in the show, but it's not actually where they're filming or anything. But everything around it is pretty relevant to you know, the surrounding area. So that's a little fun fact about me. Let's hear something about John. Hi, everyone. My name is John, and I'm from Paramus, New Jersey. And I would say welcome to the podcast today because it's going to be a good discussion between all these three gentlemen. And the fun fact about me is I'm an av- I want to be an avid traveler come this summer when all the COVID ends soon, hopefully around the world, and we can travel to Europe and South America, hopefully. And now I would like to pass it on to Thomas. Thank you, Jonathan. <clears throat> My name is Thomas. I'm a junior in hospitality. Uh, my main focus is restaurants, probably more tuned to hotel food and beverage operations. Uh, fun fact about me, I got a cat at the beginning of my sophomore year off of Craigslist for $15, little orange barn cat. And he is definitely a COVID cat. Throughout the pandemic, he has becomes so clingy and it's a mess. Back over to you, Coyle. All right. So without further ado, we're um, we're gonna get into the um, here's the buzz um, desk. So today we're gonna have four different desks that we'll be um, you know partaking in. Um, I'm gonna start off. I'll, I'm reporting from here's something cool. Uh, my article is three ways the digital revolution is impacting human resources from imc.com. And it was published on March 15, 2018 by Rebecca Baldrs, a contributing editor at imc.com. Um, so three ways of digital revolution that is impacting human resources, resources that uh, she talked about is the first way is there's no area of human resource management that remains untouched. Uh, companies as a whole are becoming digital, and HR needs to take a leading role in this digitalization. Not only will companies digitalize HR platforms, but they will also need to develop digital workplaces and digital workforces. Uh, the second way is HR has become strategic through people analytics. Um, the new focus in on managing talent, delivering services efficiently, and positioning companies to succeed in the d- digital environment. 
A particular emphasis is on people analytics as about employees have become more important than ever. Uh, people analytics um, is now a discipline that supports everything from operations and management to recruiting and financial performance. And the third and final way is old habits die hard. A recent survey by CareerBuilder found that while more businesses are looking towards technology to help with time and labor-intensive talent acquisition and management tasks, uh, many are still relying on old-fashioned manual processes. Most companies that have increased automation reports uh, report significant cost savings and increased efficiency. Um, why I chose to um, pick this article today is as companies increasingly automate these human resources functions in order to shift their focus to strategic and motivational components of human resources, millennials may continue to drive uh, a shift in HR strategies and work environments. Millennials tend to place a higher value on work-life balance and an enjoyable work environment. This has caused a shift in employee experiences for everyone. As even more millennials enter the workforce and start to shape new work environments and cultures, things like employee wellness apps and new feedback tools could change the way HR interacts with employees and gets feedback about a workplace. Technology also be levers to exist in hiring practices. New digital tools will allow companies to find better candidates more quickly and easily, further streamlining the hiring process for new employees. So now I'm going to pass it back over to Brett for his Here's the Buzz article. Thank you, Coyle. I am coming from the so here's something to think about part of my pitch. And in this world right now, and we're going to go into a little bit of debate about this topic later on in the podcast here, is whether vaccines should be mandatory or not in the workplace. And as human resource managers and people that manage all types of businesses and mainly ones that have people up front in the workplace talking to customers and are have constant contact with people no matter what they do, this is a very important. And one of the most important things to find out if your employees are vaccinated or not. And that's on one of my articles from SHRM by Alan Smith. Is this ways to ask your employees if they're vaccinated or not? And it's important because human resource managers need to arrange their workplace in different ways to protect their employees and their customers. So if people aren't vaccinated in the workplace, then they have to put up these barriers and all these different types of non-contact ways and systems to protect their customers and the people around them. And this can be very cost-worthy. And employers are on a safer legal footing, terminating employees for violating mandatory vaccination policies than imposing lesser punishments or legal experts' advice, right? They say employers should not opt, for example, to withhold pay raises make only vaccinated workers eligible to apply for internal positions and promote only vaccinated employees. And this is kind of hard to say and, and read when it comes to terminating an employee just because they're non-vaccinated. And it, it makes sense because it's going to be costly 
to keep someone on the team if they aren't vaccinated. And it's disappointing because employees are going to be upset. Other people in the industry that want that job are going to be upset because they realize that they need to be mandatory vaccinated or not. And one of the ways that you can do this and find out if their employees are vaccinated or not is going through and giving them private forms to fill out and see if they are or aren't and if they plan to or not plan to. And that way, a manager can organize their office or the workplace based on what their vaccination status is for all their employees. Um, and the reason why I picked this is because it's something really to think about. It's really something that we need to focus on later in going into our second second year, pretty much with COVID-19. A lot of people are going to work on Zoom when they first started the, the COVID-19 crisis. And now we're you know, getting out of this and we're starting to be in person again. And it's, it's very important to have your employees vaccinated or very not important, depending on what they need to do. So that's all from my pitch side here when it comes to vaccines in the workplace. I'm going to pass it over to John for his pitch. I'd like to take that pitch from you, Brett, but we're going to have to settle that in the debate side of the uh, podcast we got going here. But today, everybody, I'm going to be speaking from here. Something to watch out for desk where I will be bringing intriguing articles, including the first one on how pandemic on how the pandemic will influence legal trends in 2022. This article has many driving points that can influence the workplace post-pandemic, including employer policies on booster shots, the return to the workplace, overtime rule revision, and off-the-clock work, which is big, including, which we have just talked about in our class. But the vaccines are all the talk around the world, and coming into the 2022 workplace, it is going to have to adapt to mandating and controlling the vaccine rollout and keeping employees safe and in a friendly environment. The other article I'm bringing to you today is the Ahmed the Darden CEO succession. Olive Garden parent accelerates the wage, hike, wage hikes, which is now in 2022, we're having more livable wages be increased and pushed towards worker benefits, which is going to be a big job increase for future workers. And Olive Garden is a huge company and plays a driving factor in ways that the restaurant industry runs by influencing wage hikes for part-time workers that they can receive their fair share in the industry. Major executive boards are going to have to start investing in their employees when it comes to worker treatment, employee retention, and product. Darden is going to be the stepping stone for workers in restaurants and in the hospitality industry by getting their fair share for once. And now I'd like to bring in Thomas to wrap up the Here's the Buzz pitches for us. Thank you, Jonathan. So I'm going to be reporting from the Here's Something Everyone Should Care About desk. I think this desk is important just because it affects everyone, especially this article from Wall Street Journal by Ray A. Smith on November 4th of 2021, entitled Fix Burnout Without Blowing Up Your Life. The whole article basically talks about how to confront burnout before it becomes a huge problem and you want to leave your job, for example. Uh, so Merriam-Webster, for those of you who don't know what burnout exactly is, defines it as exhaustion of physical or emotional strength or motivation, usually as a result of prolonged stress or frustration. So this article from Ray Smith gives steps on how to confront this burnout before you are burnt out. So it first tells you to take a personal inventory because as we know, burnout isn't medically diagnosed. 
any signs it could be uh, different sleep habits, getting impatient at work, difficulty to concentrate, things like that. Then he goes on to state that you should devise a plan of attack. Uh, instead of going to the manager emotionally fueled to discuss this burnout that you might be experiencing, you want to get your thoughts together. And next he talks about adjusting your goals and expectations, especially in this pandemic time, you shouldn't beat yourself up if you can't do jobs of multiple people all by yourself. It is okay to say no, and you shouldn't just blindly say yes to any task that your boss may or may not tell you to do. And I just think, again, this article is so important because all of us, to some extent, need to find that work-life balance, and we all do get burnt out eventually. And it's also okay to feel unwell or exhausted, especially during these staff shortages, because again, there is so much that we are taking on right now and it's difficult for all of us. Coyle, any thoughts about anything you heard during this year's The Buzz? Yeah, guys, those were um, some great articles that we heard. Brett, really excited to, you know, get more in depth in the hot topics debate about, you know, what your article was about. Uh, Thomas, yeah, yours is a very great article, you know burnout is ever so real and it, you know, it affects workers more so nowadays. And I think that we're getting better on how to, you know, workers today have that work life balance that they desperately want and need. So that's good to see. Uh, Brett, any, uh, any thoughts on the articles that we just heard? I gotta go with Thomas's too. I mean, I'm feeling burned out right now, just from the end of the semester here, uh, going into the last day of classes for me tomorrow. And let me tell you, I was burned out three weeks ago after spring break. And I mean, it's, it's real, it's really real. And even being in the golf industry, like I am and teaching almost every single day in my life and making sure that golfers are getting better, no matter what skill level they are. Yeah. I I sometimes want to go home and just relax. Like I don't even want to play golf. Like my passion is playing golf and that's what got me to where I am today. And it, you know, it, it kills you. It really does kill you to see, people having fun and enjoying the game. And then you just, you just don't want to since because you're working in it. And and I'm sure that goes for a lot of other people out in the real world and they just don't enjoy their job and it is what it is. And and it's, it's tough for a lot of people. John, what'd you think of any of these pitches? Um, I also agree with you. Thomas's the rollout and the, not the rollout, the burnout was intriguing to me because two years ago before the pandemic, I was getting overworked as because I just turned 18 and I was getting overworked at my job by pushing over 50 hours a week just because I was new on the payroll. So the burnout, like I could see where people are getting unsatisfied with their work and how much they have put in to the job. And now they're getting not as much out of it in the end, if you could say so. Anybody else? Well, just to talk about someone else's uh, desk instead of talking about my own. Uh, I liked coils a lot. Uh, The whole streamlining of hiring processes and stuff like that, it really kind of modernizes everything that we're doing. Uh, The digitization of 
anything in the workplace needs to happen to make things more efficient. Uh, and I don't think you lose jobs over. I know that's kind of controversial, uh, whether or not to make things more digital, because there are cutbacks if the technology takes over, if you will. But you still need human interaction in most categories. You can't completely eliminate, eliminate all of the human interactions that you're experiencing just for technology. God's plan. I hold back sometimes I won't. Yeah. I feel good sometimes I don't. Hey, no. I finesse down Western Road. Hey, yes. Might go down to GOD. Yeah. I go hard on Southside G. Yeah. Hey. I make sure that Northside E. still. Okay, and without further ado, we're going to get into a lot the of hot topics debate. Um, here's a little background on um, the topic that we're going to be talking about today. Uh, for the past few years, the COVID-19 pandemic has had a significant impact on all of our lives and has come with many changes to our daily lives that we've never accustomed to. Vaccines made to combat the potentially deadly uh, virus were made in astonishing time. And once they were widely available to all citizens of this country, the system were made to allow those fully vaccinated to enter almost every establishment in this country and to continue to be employed. Vaccine mandates in the workplace is a complex situation because mandates are set at a city state and local level and can be put into effect by individual companies where no previous mandate has been put into place and some are not even being enforced. Today we begin to move closer to a similar life before COVID as many places are dropping their vaccine mandates so it'll be interesting to see as we move forward if companies drop these mandates or keep them. So the format uh, for today will be uh, two debaters and two facilitators. Myself and Thomas will be the facilitators today, and our role will be to, you know, ask questions, keep the debaters engaged, hear different views from them, and also to make sure that they don't get out of hand of themselves. And our two debaters uh, will be on two different sides of if they believe a vaccine mandate should be enforced in the workplace. Uh, Brett is against them, and Jonathan is for them. So without further ado let's let's get into it uh brett how about a little opening uh, opening statement for you you know why why do you not believe that vaccine mandates should be enforced in the workplace i don't believe they should be enforced in the workplace because it's human rights so they could choose if they want to or should not want to and you know it's a way of life these days for people going to work and making money to survive uh, I know with the recent rise in gas prices, and it, it's hard for people to even go to work now with saying it can afford gas and put food in their tables. So if multiple companies are firing people just because of their vaccination status, I think that's, that's a horrible thing to do to someone. And considering there's other multiple strains of the flu and other wire, uh, viruses that are out there can potentially cause a lot of harm to other people in the, flo- in the, the office space. And simply because people aren't vaccinated with the flu they're they can still work but it's just just one vaccine that's that's keeping people from working and and bosses from firing people and, and it's kind of unraveling to say the least and i definitely think that companies should find a way to, to have vac- vaccinated employees and non-vaccinated employees in the workplace simply on their choice 
I think the vaccine mandate should be implemented in the workplace because when it becomes between life and death, you need you need the vaccine to move on with their lives. And the cost of the vaccine is much less than actual death. Now, Brett, so once we're into this topic, I'll ask the first question. What do you think the real cost of the vaccine is to the workplace? I would say one of the big points is it creates a bad blood in the work spot. And that is because of people know that other people have it. People don't know that people have it. And employers might give raises to people that have it or move them up in the workplace. And that unravels people. That upsets people. It pisses people off. That makes them want to go look for other jobs and leave the organization. And some of those jobs may be hurtful if that people, if that, those people leave that organization and that organization may just crumble just from finding jobs and finding people to work. You know, that's, we're also getting a hard time where people are at home and not working. Uh, unemployment's pretty good right now. So people aren't getting off their couches and, and working. So it's, it's hard to find better employees these days as well. Um, and it's when people are providing incentives, people that are working, they, it's costly. It costs a lot if you're going to pay time off and keep your employees happy. You know, it comes at a high cost. And even with people working in the workplace that are vaccinated, okay, that's safe. That's cool. That's cool. Awesome. For people that don't, well, now we have to put up a, a wall around them to keep their germs from going over and touching other people or infecting others. So that could cost a lot of money as well. Um, and it also provides private information that people don't want. You know, people don't want to know what other people are vaccinated or not. You know, they might not like that person just because of that, because people look at it as a political thing, you know. So there's all these different reasons that just pile up into one where, you know, if you're getting paid incentives and stuff to that area, it, it can be really detrimental to your company. That's good that you say that there. But when you say, like, how security and privacy all correlate with it, don't you think the vaccine with security, you have more safety with having a vaccine in the workplace? Yeah, I think you can, but people still have the right here and there. You can find ways around it for sure. You definitely find your way around. It's not sitting to someone or working from home somehow. And even if some things where you can't work from home, you can go into a little private office or, or just stay further away. And the people that aren't vaccinated yet you can mandatory masks you can have them wear masks or other different things to keep them safe but if people are comfortable not being vaccinated then that's their choice if people want to get the vaccine get the vaccine that's it's that simple i think yeah i think companies have to take in like the full metrics of what the real cost of the vaccine will be for the company say if they mandate vaccines we're gonna have to like take it down to every dollar but if they have a good budget they'll be able to budget for their workers be able to protect protect them in the workplace while having a more safe and immune friendly work environment that will be worker friendly but not force people to come into work if they don't feel safe but i think if you provide the vaccine for workers the amount of workers are not gonna waste any time getting the vaccine if it's being provided for free and maybe it's going to be incentivized in the back end you never know but you could see the work, the American workers being incentivized to get the vaccine. And you could see a shift in how many people are, because we've been stuck at the 75, 70% range 
of American workers vaccinated. And maybe there's a big switch with the incentivized. There could be a big uptick in the vaccine percentage for all Americans. Yeah, great point from you guys, you know, and, you know, here we are in April of 2022. Now we're basically, you know, back to normal, which is great to see, um, you know, mass mandates are basically, you know, the federal one uh, for public transportation just ended um, a couple of weeks ago. And so right now we're basically back to normal, but still this will be, you know, a hot topic if cases, you know, do rise again. And, you know, I, I would like to ask this because it's been highly talked about, you know, many times throughout the um, days of when we were dealing with the brunt of the pandemic. Do you feel like the COVID-19 pandemic was, was is vaccines, um, were they politicized? I, I, I think this is, you know, a highly debated topic and I believe it. I, um, yeah, I just want to get, just curious, do you think, They've been politicized in any any way or form. Uh, Brett, let's start with you. Yeah, I think majority and mainly it has. And it's all come out to it was an election year. Right. And, and that's what really take people off is I think the government made it politicized and the American people don't want to be politicized. But now they have to see it that way because of the perception of, of the election. <clears throat> and and one side of it is you got to have it. You got to be with it. You got to deal with it. And the other side is free choice. And and people look at it that way. And I still see people right now when I go on the bus every day or almost every day, there's people wearing masks. You know, if you're if they're comfortable wearing a mask, they're comfortable wearing a mask. It, it's it doesn't need to be this big, wild worldwide issue where people see it as a hazard. Right. I get it. People are scared. Some people if they get the virus, they might die. So they're scared of that. And that's understandable, but people shouldn't be doing it just because of a political party. And, and, and that's, that's just my take on it. If you're going to wear a mask, wear a mask and be safer that way. But I think, yeah, definitely. It was definitely politicized and it's politicized in the wrong, wrong way. And it greened in people's minds. Jonathan, what, uh, what's your opinion on this topic? Um, I'm going to take the opposite side actually for Brett. And I'm going to say it wasn't politicized. And I think the mainstream media had the right to push the COVID vaccine so much through networks to not force the American workers, but persuade them to get the vaccine for the safety, for looking out for the next right person almost, and looking out for your friends. And I think that's why it wasn't that politicized, because I think it's doing the right thing for getting the vaccine and protecting yourself and protecting others around you. Good point from both you gentlemen. You know, uh, Thomas, how about you? Uh, how about you ask a question? Uh, what do you have for our debaters today? Sure thing. So politics aside, I'll start with you, Jonathan. Do you think some of these people just got vaccinated for peace of mind? Or do you think it was more of a health uh, need that more people got vaccinated? I think you can bounce it off both sides by saying... The health need, maybe if you have a underlying condition, say is a heart problem or like diabetes, you should get the vaccine because if you do contract it, contract the virus, you will be susceptible to very harmful consequences in the end, as I've seen over the past few years with some people. But the other side is, what was the other side again? Remind me. 
whether or not they get vaccinated for peace of mind. Oh, peace of mind. Um, I, I, in my opinion, I got vaccinated for peace of mind, just so knowing I can go out there and not have to look over my shoulder to get vaccinated. But some people might not. They might just do it for the safety of others and their own. But I don't know. It, it, it can go both ways for everybody. All right. And Brett, are you vaccinated? <laughs> I can't give you that information over this podcast. But I okay. will say I am. And it was the same way as Jonathan for peace of mind. Okay. And ever since I was a little kid, I hated shots since I was like three years old. Hated shots. Hated seeing a needle. Hated all of it. And it, well, the funny part is my mom had to take me to Target to get me a toy for me to get a shot. So it was kind of an incentive for me to do it where in 20 last year, 2021 in the summer, I had to get vaccinated. So I didn't have to wear a mask. So there's my little toy at work that I got. I have to wear a mask for getting vaccinated. And I'm sure most of Americans that are vaccinated right now did it for the same reason and the same thing. And yes, like Jonathan said, there are some that have underlying conditions where they have to get it because if they get sick with COVID-19, their lives might be ruined for, and they have to, they just have to. And I know from most of my friends and people around me, they got it just for peace of mind because I know my mom would not keep her mouth shut about me being <laughs> not being vaccinated. I was, I was fighting with a tooth and nail about it and I, she won because she always wins. And I just had to get it just for work. And because all my friends around me were getting it and I just kind of felt left out in that, in that realm. And I was kind of tired of hearing that I need to get vaccinated. And even when I got back to campus, I knew that I'm going to get tested weekly and no one wants to go to that white building and get tested and get that, you know, swab down your throat. Like no one wants that. So I was like, oh, I might as well just, might as well just get the vaccine because I'm going to be really happy in the long run. So you're saying it was more peer pressure than anything else? Uh, kind of peer pressure and yeah, peace of mind. Just like, who? okay, it's over and all the wear mask and everything else. And I, I do feel like same thing in the workplace, man. People, people fear and pressured because they, they want to get incentives. You know, if, if, uh, if the employees and the managers around them are getting incentives for getting vaccinated. Oh, Hey, $200 sounds pretty good to my pocket too, you know, and it's kind of getting pressured into it that way. So it's, it's kind of in two realms that way to look at it. Very good. Coil, any other questions from your end? No, I, I can cover, you know, all the bases there. You know, it was great to hear from two different sides there. Luckily nobody started fighting. Didn't really want to deal with that anyways, but you know, guys, I think we've, uh, we've come to the end of today's episode. You know, it was great from hearing, you know, from you, Brett, Jonathan, Thomas, always great to sit down and, you know, talk about the news, talk about these issues. I, I feel it's just, it's really good, you know, to just get together and talk about, you know, issues nowadays and hear from different people's point of view, point of views, because, you know, you, you really, you know, it kind of opens your mind up, you know, different, different views and, you know, opinions and stuff like that. And you really, you know, you get to like take in, you know, more knowledge for yourselves. So, but, you know, to our listeners out there who are, who are listening, uh, listen to this uh, episode today, you know, thank you so much from all of us today really means a lot. Uh, guys, I'm a little tired, you know, it's a little, it's a, that kind of wore me out a little bit, you know, how about, uh, how about we go, uh, go on a coffee run guys, a little Starbucks run. I'll take a cup of coffee. I'll take one. Yeah. 
Here's, here's, quick question though. Do you think those, you know, the employees in that workplace are vaccinated? Because <laughs> yeah. if they know. were, I'll bring up one, one little quick thing. One little quick thing. Do you think that if all those vaccinations are in that workplace right there at Starbucks, could that hurt their image? Do you think? Because I think personally that it could hurt their image, and people might not buy it. So I think it's it would hurt I think it would. I think so too. So uh, I'm, I'm, I'll be, I'll still down. I, I won't get a coffee because I don't like coffee, but I'll definitely get Mountain Dew though. Listen, it's not going to hurt my image to get a coffee. I'm dying for it right now. <laughs> but uh, you know that that that's gonna that's gonna wrap it us up for the uh, Human Back in HR podcast. Again, thank you for listening and goodbye, everyone.